Hey listeners, welcome to this week's episode of The Games We Love, a weekly video game podcast where friends get together for a mostly positive and always fun discussion about games, industry news, and more. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron, and with me as always are my friends, Kevin. Hello, everyone. And Brad. Hello. To get us started this week, guys, I want to talk about something that our buddy Teeps from the Discord had asked recently. This is a bit of a hard right. question, so I will answer first and maybe give some context to the the way that I want you to think about this. So we can so copy he was, off you, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you can, you can copy me. You can copy my homework if you need to, but <laughs> the question was sort of worded in this way. What are your day one can't miss no matter what franchises? That's a terrible sentence, I understand. But the gist of this is not your favorite series or favorite games. There could be some overlap here, of course, but it's a little bit different than that. If you really had to narrow it down, like you had to limit yourself. So you're trying to pick, you know, maybe no more than five. I'm not saying you, you have to pick five or less, but if, if that's not your the tr- truth. But what are the ones that in your heart of hearts, you don't need to see a trailer you don't need any information other than this IP. There's a new game coming. Pre-order right now. Done. I'm unquestionable. I will buy a new console to play X property because I love it so much. So for me, when I started thinking about, first of all, I, I made a list and my list is like 30 games deep <laughs> because that's why I'm telling you guys <laughs> yeah. you got to live, right? Because I was like, well, I love all of these things. So then I, I started to narrow it down and narrow it down and I came up with, a few and I for me it's gonna be Diablo but Diablo Immortal is kind of off to the side of this I, I don't really count that because it's in a mobile platform but any mainline Diablo game is going to be a no-brainer for me I've played all of them I love all of them anything from Naughty Dog I'm cheating here but that the developer I, I know that we're all gonna have Naughty Dog on our list because it, The Last of Us and Uncharted kind of com- combine the way that those series have been, it doesn't matter to me. I'm going to play it if it's from Naughty Dog. And then a couple more for me would be the Civilization series. So that has long been one of my favorites. I have fallen off and not played nearly as many hours over the last couple of entries simply because they're just time sinks, but I will never not purchase the next one right away and put in a good 20 to 40 hours minimum and at the top end, you know, hundreds of hours if I love it. And then I, I would say to- Tomb Raider for me is another no-brainer. It's hard because I have a whole bunch more. Um, I-, I will say 3D Mario would be my, I'll give one more, would be 3D Mario games. So any new 3D Mario is Mario going to 64. Be... Uh. <laughs> Remake, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Remake. Mario 2064, I am in. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I want to play futuristic cyberpunk Mario. <laughs> so what about you guys? What would you say are some of yours? Uh, my initial instinct was to go to Naughty Dog first, um, just b- based on today. Like, I already pre-ordered the new Last of Us remake. I, I don't need to... S- I, of, go- of course, it's a remake. I know what the game is, so that's not really fair. And after- is that up for pre-order? Already? It is. Selfishly. Yeah. Oh. He, he ordered it for himself, <laughs> Kevin. Not for the rest oh, of us. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah, you just threw me off there. I, now, now I feel bad. <laughs> Good. 
yeah, that, it's it's a tough question. I know of a lot of people who would say Halo. Um, that's it's not my thing. A, a, a few of my really good friends play Halo for the story. I don't think it matters what kind of game it is. If it's Halo, it's Halo. Halo. There's a tactic one, I think. Halo OST or something that I don't know. Halo but, Wars. Um, Halo Wars. Yeah, but I was gonna say The Witcher as well, but I came in on as on Witcher three and and kind of went backwards with that. But then again, on the flip side, they came out with a Gwent game a competitive Gwent game afterwards, and I didn't really care too much about that. So that wasn't like a day one have to get thing, right? It's the same franchise, different kind of game, different thing. So, but I know when the next Witcher game comes out that they've already announced or hinted at that I'm going to get it day one. So that would be one. Mario is another one that, you know, growing up with Mario that I think a lot of people would say like a new Mario game, whatever it is, give it to me. But uh, I I don't know. Final Fantasy used to be one that, you know, when growing up PS2 era, I was like new Final Fantasy, whatever it is, give it to me. But that today it's it's not the same. There's so many different variants of Final Fantasy now that a lot of them that I haven't played. Um, maybe the proper numbers like 16 coming up. Of course, I've seen a trailer for it, but I'm interested in it. It doesn't necessarily have to be a day one buy, but it's just another example. I don't know that I have anything that I'm absolutely have to get franchise wise but yeah so naughty dog then would be your only kind of for sure no-brainer i mean that's that's fine so. totally yeah i mean you're answering it yeah. in the right way which is yeah to think about yeah i could you know if i was just throwing names out there i could list a whole bunch of stuff but in reality that's not quite true yeah and even given the uh the i know they've got a lot of flack for their cyberpunk release i would say that anything cd project red does after the witcher 3 i know there was a lot of mistakes made with the the launch of of cyberpunk and a lot of promises not made but just given their passion for what they create and even like in the witcher 3 the standard edition of the game it came with so many things like an included map and instruction booklet stickers and all this stuff and a thank you letter to all the players like you can really tell that they love what they do and they were just in a really bad situation with the launch of their last game so i would throw them in there as well after my experience with the witcher 3 there you go what about you kevin I hadn't thought about Mario, but I think that's a really good one, Brad. Just any mainline Mario game, like I don't care about Strikers or Tennis or anything like that, but if there's a a platformer or 3D platformer Mario type game, I will get that for sure. Or even the, you know, whatever the the 3d side scroller ones as well on the wii u and i will i'll pick up any of those i love the main mario games but recently it's games like borderlands i'll any mainline i mean i didn't buy tiny tina's wonderland i rented it because i was still really excited about it but uh if it's a main if you tell me borderlands 4 is coming out borderlands 5 dlc whatever i'm gonna get it bioshock if they ever made another one of those because i think all three of those games are masterpieces so if it's a bioshock game i would get it deus ex i would really love to have another deus ex because those games are amazing i the last deus ex game i think i yeah i easily put over 100 hours into it because i did the new game plus or whatever they call that version of it loved it so i might have even started a third playthrough of that one i was gonna say cyberpunk because if they make another one, I mean, I loved that game. You guys know I'm on record as I played it on PC. There were not game-breaking glitches with that. You know, I have a high-end gaming PC, so the game played great for me. Quickly put in 100 hours into that one and multiple playthroughs, and I've got playthroughs on Xbox. I haven't beaten the Xbox one, but I think I beat the PS4 version. I have a Xbox playthrough. I have a Stadia playthrough. I've I love that game, so if they do another version of that, I will definitely check it out. 
and I don't know if this one is fair to say because obviously there's different developers and whatnot, but if there's a Batman game, like a mainline Batman game, like I love all the Ar- the Arkham trilogy, but I also love Arkham Origins. I'll definitely get Gotham Knights. If there's okay. a that type of an Arkham style, doesn't matter who the developer is, but Batman's my favorite superhero, my favorite DC character. So if there's a Batman game like that, I'm going to get it, no question. I don't know if this one really even can count. There's so few games in, but The Last of Us, I think those games are yeah, the definitely counts. Best games ever made. So yeah, if, if The Last of Us Part Three comes out, there's no question. If there's whatever other Last of Us story game comes out for yeah the single player story mode, yeah, I'm there. Cool. Those are good answers. Yeah, Bioshock was in my next group down as well and then i and i had another cheat of like lord of the rings <laughs> so basically almost anything based on that ip i'm going to give a shot to oh and one more one more i forgot far cry i'll buy oh. any far cry game i we have a listener that is going to perk up when he heard you say that and <laughs> he he's uh, indiany jones from the discord is a humongous yeah. far cry fan so he plays them all he loves them all it's like his Comfort food is, I think, how he would describe it at times. Is you know, it's a game that is so repetitive, and the the formula doesn't change, and the settings hardly change in a reality. You know, it's very light change, and he doesn't care. He just he loves how it is, and he will put in dozens of hours into every single one to beat him. Real quick before we move on, you said you rented Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. This is twenty twenty two. How did you rent a game? <laughs> Did you like buy it used from GameStop and then you're going to take it back? Oh, oh, okay. Okay. I used to rent things like that. I would, you know, because you could buy them and then 30 days later, you could No, (laughs) I'm a a respectable member of society, so Uh, I pay for Gamefly. Wow. I didn't even know Gamefly was even still a thing for the most part. I guess, is it a pretty good service, do you think? I mean, you're. I think it's decent. It's it's nice that you can pay. It's twenty two ninety nine a month for two games, and you get the new games pretty quickly. So instead of spending sixty, I can play one, and it might take it might take four days to get the next one or whatever. But I, if if you're good about it, if you're good about mailing them back, trying them, actually playing them when you get them in, and mailing them back, you could get eight different games a month for twenty two ninety nine instead of sixty or seventy times eight to you know buy them. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. It's good to know that that's still around as an option for folks. Yeah. All right. Well, we got a lot to go through with news later on, so let's talk about what we've been playing. Brad, I'm going to kick it to you first because <laughs> I'm excited to hear about this, yeah. and I want to get to it. So <laughs> why don't you give us some updates? Sure. I have been... I, I'll tell you what. I don't know that I had a favorite game for PlayStation 5. Uh, up until this point, but I can confidently say now that it is definitely Returnal, and I can't believe that I took so long to fall in love with it. I borrowed it from a buddy. I have a kind of a system with him where I buy a game and he buys a game, and we trade off and if things that we're interested in. And I borrowed it from him a while back, and I played through it, or not through it, I played up to the first boss multiple times and got so frustrated with it. I was like, I'm going to move on to something else. And plus, Kevin wanted to try it too. And he's one of our friends. So I was like, hey, I'm going to get this game over to Kevin so he can play it. I'm going to play something else because I am frustrated with it. But I went and got it back from Kevin a few weeks ago and have not been able to put it down. I finally got through the first boss uh, last Sunday. Uh, not this past one, but the one before. And it was the most satisfying feeling. And then I thought I was going to one-shot the second boss, on a mult, I had 
there's an artifact where you get a spaceman where you can instantly revive. I had one of him, and I had an also a revive earlier in the map where if I died again, I can restart the same run because for the listeners who don't know, this is a game where when you die, you start over completely. It's a true roguelike. Um, so I wanted to try to prevent that. I had my gun leveled up and I got so close two times in one run to kill the second boss and got flustered again. And then it took me another week before I decided I'm going to try it again this past Sunday and I failed. I couldn't, I didn't even get to him. I was just getting flustered and and turned it off. So Monday, though, however, I decided to give it a real fair shot. Nailed the second boss in one shot or one one go. And then I got stuck on the third area. Not the boss, but the area itself. It was it's really hard. frustrating. <laughs> it is very hard. So, As someone who's stuck on the third area, I'm raising my yeah. head too. <laughs> See, I was confused this whole time as I was talking about it on the Discord, where exactly you were. So story time. Um, I, rec- I posted last night on the Discord that, okay, I'm having the best returnal run I've ever had. Um, I had my weapon proficiency up to 15. I had my health over 200%. Um, I went through the first area again, and one step that you should know um, is that you can skip each boss after you've you've uh, destroyed or you've killed him. So I ran through the first area, got all the upgrades and everything I possibly could, and then I decided, you know what? Instead of skipping the second area entirely and going to the citadel, I'm going to go through the second area too and get every upgrade, everything I possibly can, and just build my character up to the best she can be. And then I went to the third area, had some troubles, some troubles throughout the whole thing, but I was able to maneuver my way through the map. And um, and another thing everybody should know that's not aware of it is the maps are procedurally generated. They're never the same. Um, so you can play it so many different times and you'll see a lot of the same areas, but you'll never get to them the same way. There's, there's specific areas that are story related or um, for each area, but getting to them can always be a little bit more challenging because they always just make it up as you go. So last night I posted on the Discord, hey, I am about to fight the third boss, I think. I've never been this far in this level. And I tell you what, Aaron, I got to that third boss, killed him in my first try. Oh my gosh. Wow. It was so intense. And I did it with a pistol too. Oh my gosh. Congratulations. (laughs) That's insane. And it's the craziest boss up to, up, uh, up to this point as well, because the first one you're in just a general like arena like area where you only have a limited amount of space to maneuver this one. There's three phases on each boss fight. And on the third one, he's throwing, I don't know how far you've got, Aaron, but he's throwing platforms around that you have to grapple to in order not to just like fall to infinity or whatever. I don't know what happens if you keep falling, but he's throwing all these things at you. He's throwing platforms at you and you have to grapple to them to get close enough to hit the guy. And it was the most intense thing I think I've done in a video, single player video game in a long time. My heart was racing. And the second that achievement popped for killing him, I just put the controller down and sat back like... (laughs) Thank God that I don't have to try this again, at least for now. It's been it's been an experience, man. It's it's it plays so well. It's made specifically for the PS5, so like all the features that everything the PS5 can offer is was incorporated when creating this game and I I can't put it down. I don't know even if I beat it, if I want to put it down. It's, you know, Rogue Legacy and everything all over again. It's just so much fun to play after you, you know, it clicks for you and you realize what you got to do to succeed in the game. Man, <laughs> I'm absolutely in love with it. 
That's awesome. You've still got a ways to go, though. I don't know how many total bosses there are, but... I think there's six. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm, I what I've read is like there's... Halfway, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what I've read is I'm uh, there's two acts, and I think I just completed act one. And what essentially happens after you beat the third boss is, at least from what I can tell, is that it kind of starts over, but it's narratively it starts over, too. There's there's a lot that happens in between. And the, the, the cut scene in between the third boss and the the fourth biome is what they're calling these levels now. It has this really interesting cutscene um, where as you're going through the first uh, area throughout the game and multiple tries, and anytime you progress somewhere narratively, you come across her her old house. You're on this, this planet that she crash, crash landed on. You're in a time loop as well. And um, you come across this old house where she is experiencing these memories. It's it's really chilling. It's got this this haunting like atmosphere around it and, it's incredible, but the house sequence between the third boss and the fourth level like blew my mind, and I don't want to say anything more because I don't want to spoil that experience for you or the listeners, but like it was something where I was like, oh my god, <laughs> you know, and I just can't wait to see what's next, man. I'm, I, as soon as I get done with this podcast, I might go play around even though it's going to be late, <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's awesome. I fired it up this afternoon because I knew you were going to talk about it, and I think I've mentioned where I haven't played it since last summer. And I put it down because I had been playing for, I think it was 16 hours, I told you. And I'd gotten to the third boss. I've not been the third boss. And I've only gotten to it once. But it was so frustrating because when the game came out, there was no save system. And Housemark, the developer, was adamant that this game is meant to be hard. It's meant to be this kind of challenging. The struggle that we had with that was... I would sit down and like you just described, Brad, the real way you're going to be successful is to go back through the biome each and every single time. And basically you're, you're pieing the level. You're going to every single possible corner to get all of your upgrades, collect all your ooblets or whatever the heck your money is called. (laughs) Money. I hate games that just like have to make up a weird name for their money. Just just call it money. You know, (laughs) just, (laughs) it doesn't need a weird name. But you do all of this thing. Well, there's so much time involved in that. And the problem would be, it was like, when am I going to play this game? Because I know that at a minimum, I need a couple of hours plus for a run. But you don't know when it's going to end. And theoretically, you would have to go through the entire game in a single sitting in order to beat it. So luckily, somewhere in the summer, early fall, Housemark came out. They put out an update for the game. They added a suspension state type of deal where now the game will save your progress where you were and let you immediately start it back up. You will be right there. It's not like a save that you can load. It's a the game does it all for you. And that's part of the checks and balances of making sure people aren't cheating uh, was to just like if you turn off your console and you're standing in front of that house in the middle of a run. You'll turn your console back on and you literally, I did it today. I didn't get a menu. Like I, you just start at the house. Yep. <laughs> That's where you are. So you have no choice about the matter. And and I like that. I think it works really well. And it makes me so much more happy to go back to the game because now I don't feel like, you know, if I play it tonight and, it, and you re- you get into that intense battle like you did, I can tell you if that was me, I very well may have needed to like stop after the third boss and chill, but you couldn't do that before. And and I echo everything you said. Like I, every time I played the game for my first sixteen hours, I played it with the Sony three D 
audio headset. I literally never played it with TV sound. I had the, the headphones on. Mm. The sound design in this game is maybe the best I've literally ever heard in a game. It yeah, is and the haptics, incredible, on the and the haptics too. Yes, yeah, it's both. you feel the raindrops, you feel every single thing that this game does. You can feel in the controller, and it's absolutely, it's it's just great. I can't believe it took me this long to fall in love with it. I love it too. Like just playing a little bit this afternoon, it got me. I can't. I mean, I died really quick because I was trying to remember <laughs> the buttons as I was texting you. I was like, I keep dying. I don't know what I'm doing. But it's coming yeah. back to me now, and I'm ready to. Yeah. And Put once you kill work. the third boss, I think you start there too. You don't have to start at the very beginning too. Like it's oh, cool. it's a brand new act. So um, going back to what you said, yeah, I don't know if it was like this a year ago when you were playing it, but um, right now after you beat the third the third boss, it it basically kind of soft resets. You start at fifteen level proficiency instead of zero, so it's it's like a that's halfway a huge point. difference. Yeah, no, yeah, kidding. but the, that's but awesome. the enemies are also tougher now too. Of so course, like it, yeah, <laughs> it, it but scales, at least it gives but... you it, it, yeah, but that's fine because then you're yeah. it's it's like you can kind of set aside. I've got halfway, and I will never yeah. have to be halfway again. I'm I'm there. Yep, Kevin, you tried this game, right? Yeah, I really liked it. It was very difficult as well. Okay, was there was that kind of what? pushed it off or were you just into something else at the time do you plan to go back to it just curious yeah no it didn't turn me off from it i really liked it but i picked up control so i got sucked into that Oops, as you know bad. and uh yeah so that's what <laughs> similar that's what game it- though kind of i mean honestly like it's a weird kind of comparison there they're both third person action games with really cool weapon that morphs and changes yeah it's interesting it some similar areas and you move yeah. around in some similar ways too, like you do. You're not just like running, you know, straight wrong. Yeah. yeah, the dash and all that stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, but I love, like I said before, I really love the roguelike games and I, it was really challenging, but it always made me want to get right back into it and do better and figure out how I can beat the enemies. I never made it to the first boss, I don't think. So I, I was dying a lot, just dying, restarting, restarting. So I didn't get super far. I mean, I did put several hours into it, but I just wasn't able to get a grasp of it enough. I didn't play enough to get that far, but yeah, I I definitely want to pick it back up. I'm just waiting on, I I was going to buy it because I gave it back to Brad. And then I'm like, well, is it on sale anywhere? It really wasn't on sale. And then, of course, like what I normally would have done was bought it and then it would be free. And I realized it would be on the new (laughs) PS Plus premium tier or whatever. So I was so grateful that I didn't buy it because I almost bought a copy of it for like, I can't remember if it was like still, it was like 60 on sale or something, or there was a $45 used copy or something. And anyway, but I'll be picking it back up here in the next couple weeks. Awesome. Well, I would love to hear, you know, your thoughts. I'm sure Brad would too, as you like start to experience co-op yeah that's the other thing is they added co-op so two two person co-op and they added this thing called the tower of i want to say sisyphus is that right and it's it's basically like a mortal combat tower where you just i was when you said (laughs) i thought of mortal combat when you said that i was gonna make a joke about it that's That's just a big gauntlet yep it's just like that you're just going up this tower of enemies and waves of of increasingly more difficult you know, it's an extra challenge for people that I guess are sadists and want to give <laughs> themselves more pain because this game is pain. I mean, it's hard, dude. Like you getting like Brad expressing how much joy it was just to get to the first boss and beat the first boss. Most games don't give you the type of high you get in the in, in this game. You're, it's like a Dark Souls game in that way where that first boss, it truly is like it is. I remember screaming at the top of my lungs and just losing my complete mind that I was able to accomplish it because it is 
really hard. And it's it's so arcadey and so fast paced, the gameplay is, that yep. it speeds you up and it, it makes your blood pump and it makes you your energy go higher and you want to like fight, fight, fight. But in reality, your number one goal is one all times at 100% to dodge. Like you've got to dodge, 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 dodge. Killing is almost secondary because if you don't dodge, you will die so fast that it doesn't I matter. I noticed that playing That's it, just trick. fighting the enemies, I kept wanting to shoot them and it's I could a conflict, almost get right? them. But yeah. yeah, you have to keep dodging so that you don't take damage. And there was one time where I was on a great run and I had I had these upgraded weapons that were working really well and I, I was doing awesome and I died by the stupidest thing and it reminded me of Bloodborne <laughs> one time. I I played Bloodborne and there are hardly any save points in that and I was yeah. playing for like two hours or something and a rat came and bit me and I died. I was so mad. <laughs> yeah, I, that would have been I a dodged. Chuck the controller. Yeah, not yeah, playing this was, game again. <laughs> I, put, I put down Bloodborne for so long after that. I was so frustrated. But yeah, there's that kind of stuff. But no, it's a really fun game. I I, I dig the challenge. I dig I dig the the procedurally generated levels and and how it, it keeps you guessing and keeps you on your toes. So yeah, I'm excited to get back into that one. Good deal. Well, Brad, is that all you've been playing or anything else? That's mostly it. Um, when I'm at my computer and I have a little time to kill, I've been trying to chip away at Companions of Xanth again. So I've I've done a little bit of that. But yeah, that's it. All right. Well, I'll go next if you guys don't mind. And go for it. Because I'm excited. I have been anxious for this episode. This is one of the problems with the podcast. It's not a problem with the podcast. That's the wrong way to word it. The interesting things is like if you get through a game and you finish it but you finish it at the beginning of a week or you know far away from the podcast i was like aching to talk about it because i i had this amazing experience and i was like man i want to get to this right now so we'll talk about the sony state of play a little bit once we get to the news section but that happened last week and on our previous podcast that happened before the state of play i mentioned that if resident evil 4 remake got announced that i would go through one of the resident evil remakes either two or three before this podcast and good thing you didn't say you'd get a tattoo or something it is yeah well you know it was a pretty good it was a pretty like i was pretty sure that was going to happen so i'd get a mr x tattoo you think mr x over nemesis maybe both Maybe both. Maybe one on each floor. Yeah, there like, we go. They, yeah. Rah. Um, or Aaron's going to get Wesker <laughs> tattooed on his chest oh, across the whole thing. Just <laughs> the word Wesker. Yeah. Um, and so, <laughs> so I chose, so I bought both of the games. I, history is I've played Resident Evil 2 Remake. I'm maybe halfway through, a little less than halfway through on the Xbox version. I played with my kids. But this was several years ago when it first came out, and it had gotten to the point I would play late at night, would turn the sound up, I would make them alternate controller with me until they stopped and refused because they were so terrified of Mr. X, and they did not want to play <sighs> because they, yep. they just hated him. And so then we, I stopped playing it, but it wasn't because I didn't like the game. And then I never got Resident Evil 3. I'd never played the original, and I heard that it was just an action game. It wasn't really 
survival horror and it was really hard that you were just running from nemesis the whole time so this is these are just things that i'd i'd heard about it so i was like i not for me but since then resident evil village has really re-sparked my love of what that series could be i've always enjoyed most of the ones that i've played resident evil 4 is an all-timer i like the movies i like the ip in general so i chose resident evil 3 partially because i'd never done it and also because Brad had told me that it was a little bit uh, shorter than Resident Very Evil 2. Short. And guys, this game, so it's remaking Resident Evil Nemesis, I believe is what it was called back in the yes. day in 1999. Yeah. And it was amazing to get to go through this with no knowledge of other than kind of the general idea that Nemesis, I knew who Nemesis was and what he looked like. And I didn't know he was going to evolve over the course of the game, but I knew that he was going to come after my ass. And I loved this game so much. Every session, it only took me a couple of them, maybe I think three total. But I was so locked in and so excited to get back to this game. It has phenomenal graphics. It it really just looks so good. And I guess then makes me even more excited about Resident Evil 4's remake and its graphical upgrades. But it's so detailed, like the bright fires, the neon signs. One of my absolute favorite things about the graphics and the lighting in this game is there are some times when you're running down street alleys and your shadow gets projected ahead of you, like onto a chain link fence or something. And, you know, and it's moving effectively, like with your character in the way that your shadow should move and it's shrinking and getting bigger perspective wise. It really increased the fear factor and the the tension that you feel in this game just by the way that the lighting is done. And it has some really great, just terrifying cinematics in the game, specifically including if you've played the original, you will know that the final boss fight is very memorable. Um, I I know that now because I did some reading after the fact. But having gone through it and watched back a video of what it looked like before, I can see why people at the time would have been like, oh my gosh, this is so crazy. But the way that they recreate it is, it's, it is so satisfying. <laughs> I mean, it is just, it involves a certain big gun and it just makes you feel good after having accomplished what you have throughout the course of this game to survive and then being able to to do a certain thing to a certain enemy it is just such a great feeling and it looks amazing in the way that they recreated it the other things that i noticed about this i really do just pretty much adore everything the fact that you play as jill and you also play as Carlos. So it's kind of like Resident Evil 2 where you you play as two characters, but it's less so. Mostly you're Jill in this one, Jill Valentine, who I certainly didn't have a problem staring at for the majority of my six hours. <laughs> and Carlos, who is also a really cool character, and they have a neat little budding relationship uh, that you get to experience through dialogue over the radio and with their brief interactions with each other. And I really like that it's a very simple story. The point of this game is get out of the city. I mean, it is not a complicated kind of thing. 
where in a lot of third person action games that I personally like, like your Uncharted's or your Last of Us, you're covering so much ground. You're visiting multiple big areas and such. This is go down the alley, get to the sewer, get to this building so you can get a helicopter because they're about to nuke this place and you don't want to be here anymore. And it's I like how straightforward that was. And I got to a point where I was not knowledgeable about the crossover between Resident Evil 2 Remake and Resident Evil 3 Remake or Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3. And so I got to have this neat surprise. And so sorry if this is a bit of a spoiler for folks. I don't think it's really fair to call it that when these games have been out for three decades. But, or two decades, I guess. But in Resident Evil 2, it is essentially happening concurrently with Resident Evil 3. So in that game, you're playing as Claire and Leon, and you're primarily in, like, a police station and a mansion. And at a point in Resident Evil 3, I walk into the same police station, and it looks exactly like it looked in Resident Evil 2 Remake. I mean the box to like store stuff is the same place. The typewriter to save is in the exact same place. Like it looks identical. The hallways, some of the enemy placement, I would go up some stairs and I'd be like, Oh my gosh, I remember there's a guy that's going to zombie. That's like laying down on the ground. He's going to pop up when I walk past him to get to this locker here. And boom, the codes guys, I don't know if you know this much, but like the actual safe combos and such in resident evil two, they're the same. In Resident Evil yeah. 3 for the same... Co- I mean, it, that it was just super cool to me to get to do that and and see how they are taking place at the same time but not crossing over directly by, by having you engage with each other. The, it's also a neat little... Bra- oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, it reminds me, I just put this together as kind of what a lot of things that Sony's doing right now, how we had the full Spider-Man game and then they released Miles Morales, which is a is a full game in itself, but a shorter version of that. You can spend 30 hours on it still, but it is, you know, I feel like they could have packaged the Resident Evil 2 remake with a Resident Evil 3 uh, sub game. You know, it, it's a full game, but it, it's a six hour game, at, 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 you know, at the most, if you know what you're doing. So or in my case, if if you're doing a speed run and an well, hour, yeah, you know, an hour <laughs> so, and a half or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, it, it just reminded me of those things they do with Uncharted, Lost Legacy and, and Infamous and First Light, you know, those, you know, sub games. It's still a full game, but, you know, just, a, you know, a pairing of the two. Yeah, definitely. Um, I also really like the fact that and just kind of compare and contrast just slightly is that in Resident Evil 2, it is all about like that tight and claustrophobic gameplay it is more survival feeling in a way whereas outside of this particular mission where you're in the same area you are more out and about in kind of an open area you're a little bit more run and gun um in resident evil 3 so i like that there's a different style of gameplay in both of them you're being chased at times by a massive thing but it's much more nemesis is aggressive in a way that mr x is not mr x right you hear footsteps coming you know that you have the ability to go a different direction and try to get away from it nemesis is not like that it's it's kind of scripted moments where he's going to appear and then there are these big bombastic blockbuster like cinematic experiences and i loved how the two games kind of just they feel like such a great pairing to me 
you know, yeah. to play them together. I, I'm very excited to get to Resident Evil 2 Remake again. Uh, that's my next main game that I'm going to put time into and beat because it just made me. And I'm going to go through the whole series. I ended up going and buying all of them because they were on sale because of Game Fest time. So I, I rebought the ones that I didn't own, 5 and 6, uh, and even Resident Evil 1's remaster that was done. I yep. didn't know that that existed. So I'm going to play through the whole series this year. I made a deal with somebody on Twitter randomly. She she was like, let's do it this year. I was like, okay, whatever. Let's go. Why not? I, this would be fun. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go through the whole series this year and get myself ready for Resident Evil 4 Remake. Uh, a couple quick more things to mention, though. There's a cool sidestep and dodge mechanic for your character in this one that I really love. It's not about, I said it was run and gun, but it's not as much even about always killing the zombies as it is running away from them. Not even just when you're doing a speed run like Brad was for the Platinum, but there are plenty of times when it behooves you to just use this cool dodge and it's got a perfect dodge uh, system where if you time it just right, your character will almost, it's like a little flash, like a shield of type thing flashes on you and you'll get this little like speed boost and do a somersault where normally you wouldn't and you'll kind of roll out of the way versus just a normal dodge. And it's, it's, it's a big deal when you get bit, like it's not a game where you can take a whole bunch of hits kind of thing. So if you get caught, you know, you're three or four bites and you're, you're toast. So you want to get away from things and that's with Jill. And then with Carlos, it gives you a slightly different mechanic when you're him and you do more of like a shoulder charge attack because he's more aggressive. And so it's cool because you can like punch the zombies and it's almost like a Superman punch where they you just lay into them and they go flying across the screen and then you get away from them that way instead of dodging. So I like that. Um, I like that it has environmental kills. It has explosive barrels and shock generators you can use to affect the zombies or nemesis. That was one of my main goals was always I need to leave these around so that if I'm running from nemesis, I can pop a barrel and explode it on him. Inventory management. Pain in the ass because it's a Resident Evil game. I got nothing good to say about it at all and never will. <laughs> I'm not angry at it, though. I mean, it is what makes the game the game is you have to make choices. I at one point was carrying around like five different weapons and I didn't have room for healing stuff because you have like five different weapons take up a lot of space plus all the different ammos. And you do have to make some choices. And ultimately, I think that that is good for the gameplay. You, there is some light puzzle solving you can do at times just one or two puzzles and you can find a couple of different upgrade packs to get yourself more inventory. But I mean, it doesn't make it drastically easier. There's also some, some cool little functions where it lets you discard things that you no longer need. So tools that you may use once or twice, you can get rid of them after you're done. That was helpful. Uh, items that combine on pickup was helpful. The map. One of my favorite things is maps that, tell me when I'm done exploring because I like to get everything. Kevin, we have talked about that. We're both the same. Like oh, yeah. every apple and tomato. And this is a map where it's red and it goes blue when you found everything in the map. And so, you know, like, oh, Hey, it's so blue. Nice. I, can, I can move on. Um, very helpful. And then another big one is enemies stay dead after you kill them. So with very, very few scripted, specific situational ex uh, exceptions, when you've gone through and you've killed like the main enemies moving through the story, 
you don't have to go back and kill those same ones again. They will always respawn in a few critical little kind of breakpoints, I would say. But it's only a few zombies. It's not like massive swarms that respawn. And so it was it was a good feeling to know that if I was low on ammo and I took some out, I wasn't going to be caught having to like come back out of the house and all of a sudden they had reappeared. So that was nice. And Nemesis. So Nemesis himself, like he's the namesake of the main game. Famously, he was recreated in the Resident Evil 2 movie with Mila Jovovich. He was made into a human instead of a monster in that, or he was a human that was mutated. And it, it's not a good thing. It's not. It's not good. I like the movies <laughs> overall. I enjoy those movies for what they are as an alternate version. But and I actually like how much of Resident Evil Three inspires that particular movie. Now that I rewatched it, it's got Jill Valentine, uh, literally like maybe the most perfect representation of a video game character as a performance of an actor I've ever seen. Like she looks like a video game character in that movie, but the nemesis is bad. Anyway, he is acutely terrifying in this game. And I really enjoyed trying to get away from him, taking him down. They were mostly scripted, like I said, but they gave me that big movie blockbuster feel to it. It felt like Uncharted set pieces. And I liked having those mixed in. The one thing that I hated that happened to me is that I died to him twice pretty early on. And on the second death, the game asks you if you want to turn on assisted mode. And assisted mode, I guess, lowers some health of the enemies. It gives you a machine gun and a bunch of ammo for it, where you wouldn't get that machine gun until way later in the game. And for whatever reason... It's a pop-up, and the default was yes. And this is, that annoys me. Because I'm just clicking X to get through and reset and get to start again. And I didn't realize it had happened until quite a little, 30 minutes down the road. But my game turned on this assist mode. And I immediately freaked out, because I was like, are all my trophies going to be disabled? I'm not going for platinum or anything, but like, I want my trophies. And it, it did not stop you from getting trophies. However, Good. I did end up having to beat the game in a lesser difficulty than I actually wanted. Like I was in standard. I would have preferred to have the actual challenge of standard. And by the end of the game, it was not nearly the challenge because I was able to have so much ammo and so many items that it I was completely OP for the most part. Yeah. And you can't go I back up. I would have. No. Mm-mm. Once you're once you're oh, there, you were there. Yep. I didn't know that. And yeah. so so that was a, a bit of a bummer. And if you're gonna play this game, just something to be on the lookout for is that if you do die accidentally a couple times, it's gonna ask you and, and I get it, I don't mind that the game gives that option. I actually love accessibility and difficulty options for people. I want people to be able to experience the game how they want to and so they can get Talk through about- it. Tunic, right? Yeah, right, exactly. But don't <laughs> you but don't have to have fox. accessibility. Don't default me into that. And so anyway, that was my one bummer. Uh it took me about six and a half hours with full completion and exploration, hundred percent getting or finding everything as far as I know, which is exactly what Brad had told me it would take. And I loved it. I just every second of this game is one of my favorite games that I've played in the last couple of years, and I am 
so ridiculously excited to prioritize going through this series with my kind of main story driven games time going forward i, I just i'm i couldn't be more impressed so thank you guys because i know you guys have both you liked played it. it and loved it if i'm yeah. correct yeah oh yeah they're both they're great i i'm excited for you to get to resident evil 2 remake again and play through it because that game when i got it i instantly beat it three times over i loved it so much and i was trying to do the challenges where you get different things if you beat it in a certain amount of time or whatever i can't remember now what the challenges are but you know i beat it i beat it once with no i beat it twice with leon and i beat it once with claire like instantly just went right through and and it was an experience where I'm not one to play games over and over unless I really love them like cyberpunk. I don't really do a lot of replay because I want to try new games and I have such a big backlog, but that's one where I could not help but to, yeah, let's do it again and let's try to do it in a different way and whatever. And so I think you're going to really dig that one. Now, is it designed that way though too? Is it designed where you play once as Claire and once as Leon or is it like this one where, because I, I never played as, I don't think I ever got to being Leon. I think I you would pick at the beginning who you they're pick different the playthroughs. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. not a back yeah. and forth. That's so, so I went through definitely, the game. Is, okay, so two two minimum for sure. Then exactly. Absolutely. And then they have and, then they have second scenarios um, where you play as Leon, but you go into the museum or the police station a different way, like through the back way, and it's very cool. It's, it's yeah, it's it's interesting. It's hard to describe because it's it's kind of the same story, but it's it's just like altered in in these different ways to keep it interesting. Awesome. Cool. Well, that was my big experience. I I've just been kind of messing around with stuff randomly ever since then. I was just on a high and I, and I really wanted to start Resident Evil 2, but I'm going to wait. I'm going to force myself to wait because there's been a rumor that 2 and 3 are going to have a new PS5 upgrade that comes out or a new next a gen upgrade. Is it not a rumor? I thought that they were they haven't announced it, right? I thought they announced I'm pretty it last sure week. that well, Maybe I not. thought it was a rumor that came out that it was going to get announced at Capcom's summer showcase oh, next week. I think you're and right. so I'm going to hold off because if there's going to be a PS5 upgrade specific version of Resident Evil 2 remake, then I want to play that one. Yeah, so, at least wait a week to see. I've if only got to wait a week. It. it sucks though. I really am like I'm aching, man. I am just I'm ready to go, and I only play them at night. Like I refuse to play them during the day. It's got to be completely dark. So I'm willing to make my playthrough a little slower for that perfect experience and i just can't recommend it that series is is so good anyway so kevin what about you you've been uh up to anything yeah i i haven't been playing a wide variety of games like i usually do i'm i'm often downloading all these game pass games and going through my backlog but i got into something really special this past week and as people on the discord know because i was kind of talking through it with with them i want to play all the old final fantasy games I started playing Final Fantasy on the NES when I was a kid, and it was my first RPG. I loved it so much. I still love it to this day, but I have so many fond memories of the early Final Fantasy games, specifically the first one, and I really wanted to go back and replay them. And so I said, what is the best way to do this? I had no idea. And I had looked on my phone because I'm like, well, I can't, I can't, I'm not going to go buy 150 or $300 SNES games or whatever. Like, I'm just, I'm not going to go do that. So I looked on my phone and you could buy all the Final Fantasy games on Android 
probably iOS as well, but I have an Android. It's my main phone. And I'm like, they're $18 a piece? Like, I just, I didn't want to spend $20 to play a game on my phone. I'm not a mobile gamer. I don't like on-screen controls. If I hook up a controller, I still don't want to play it on a 7-inch screen. I just don't like it. So then Aaron goes, you have the perfect device to play these games on Steam Deck. And I'm like, what? what am I supposed to do? I, I buy them through an Android store. So like, how am I going to do that? And he's like, no, they're all on Steam in a Pixel remaster, which I just had no idea that they existed like that. So you can right now, I think it's usually the bundle of Final Fantasy 1 through 6 is like $100. If you buy them all together, it's $75. So you get this 25% off discount. So I ended up doing that because I knew eventually I would play through them all. I want to. That's my goal and I'm going to make it happen. So I'm like, well, I'll save the 25 bucks and I'll just get them all. And I put about 20 hours into Final Fantasy. I'm loving it so much. It's It really is just bringing back these memories. It's such a great way to play the games because these this pixel remaster is so clean and colorful and vibrant. The gameplay mechanics are all there. It's like playing the NES version, but that NES version was bare bones. And so this was a great way to play it in this crystal clear high definition, but it's still a 2D pixel remake. So it's not like they went, there are some 3D remakes that I talked on the Discord as well about, and specifically with Aaron, that they had they had taken the stories and the characters and actually made 3D versions of them. But playing through the 2D and how perfect it is for these games, I can't imagine that I would even want to go through into the 3Ds, especially not for the first time. Like this is the prime way to play Final Fantasy games, in my opinion. And I love it. I, I'm, I'm having so much fun. It's bringing back all those memories from the original. I think I have now surpassed the point that I got to on the NES. I'm at least not remembering certain things. So there, there are basically with the story, there are these four crystals that you have and you're supposed to restore. There are these earth, like earth, wind, water, and fire elements. And so you're going around to different caves and dungeons. There's an underground level. So I have two of the crystals restored. I have the fire crystal and the earth crystal restored. And now I just got into a submarine and I'm at an underwater level. So that's that's where I'm at now. 20 hours in, 40 levels. My party consists of Kevin, Brad, Teeps, and Aaron. So the four of us are there. It's really fun. I, I mentioned also online that I always name my characters my friends. It was a thing that I've done my entire life instead of making up silly names or whatever. I It was a, something like, well, I'm playing this video game. I'm going to name it my friends so we can all be a part of the party and go off on this adventure. And so uh, I'm a warrior. Brad is a thief. Aaron is the black mage and Teeps right. is the white mage. But I will say... I went up to uh, Bahamut is the dragon that is in a lot of Final Fantasy games, which I thought it was really cool. I didn't remember that that character was in the original. So I, I went to him and did a, a little side quest, you could call it, because I, I don't know if you have to be to progress in the story at this point, but I did it and uh, you get to upgrade your characters. So I am now a knight. Brad is... Oh, what is he? He's not a thief anymore. He's a warrior or no. What is he? Good. Dang. Rogue? I can't remember. Maybe? He's up. No. I... Dang. I can't remember what it is. The thief evolves into something else. And I can't remember what it is. I'm a knight badass. instead of a warrior. He's a badass instead of a thief. Thank you. Um, Teeps, is, <laughs> Teeps is now a white wizard and Aaron is a yeah. black wizard. So okay. you get 
you get upgraded magic spells when you're the the wizards so i couldn't do these level eight magic spells now i can so it's really fun because there are things like uh you can you can uh do instant kills like one enemy gets instant kill you can do whole party health restores and all these different things yeah what is it brad i think i became a ninja ninja that's what it is yep thieves thank you so we're all upgraded. We get cool out new outfits, right? And and so it's really uh, uh, Teeps has this long red flowing hair now instead of just having the cloak over his head. Um, yeah, it, it's it's really fun. But yeah, I like having the upgraded abilities. It's making it really fun. And I'm someone that I think I mentioned before, like Aaron, how I don't want to just breeze through the story and the missions. I like to go and level up my characters so I'm OP and can just breeze through you know the enemies and the boss battles and everything so that's why i'm level 40 the max is 50 and i'm about halfway through the game so it's really fun at this point i've got those level eight magic spells and all through one through eight i've got all the abilities maxed out that i can do another thing when you evolve your characters is you can you can use more weapons and more armor so for instance brad now can carry weapons that only the warrior could before but now i can share those higher end weapons with him uh the the wizards can actually use some weapons where before i mean they had staffs and daggers but those are very very minimal in this game so they do uh, like five or eight hit point damage on enemies and now the weapons they can use do 40 or 50 so if they're not casting magic spells which is what they're mostly doing then you can at least just do some attacks and not use any mp so that's nice uh they get that little extra boost and now they've got uh, better armor I there there are some enemies that I didn't remember this in the original game, but I was coming across enemies that would do one shots on you. They have they they could cast these spells that would just instantly kill your character, and it was so frustrating. But then eventually, I figured out that you get these amulets that protect from that, so that was nice. I've got those on my characters, uh, you know, just things like that. Discovering little pieces like that where the game is so simple and so basic. It was the first Final Fantasy after all, but. There are all these little mechanics that you discover that it's simple, but it's very fun. And when you discover them and you get the combinations that work, the right defense and the right offense, whether it be your weapons or the magic spells. And it's really fun. This is this is where I fell in love with RPGs and discovered them, obviously, like I said. But it's also my, my choice of RPG gameplay. I don't need fast action-paced gameplay i i like the strategy of it i like putting together the best combinations i like being able to take my time and decide whether i'm going to do you know an attack or a defensive move so i i love final fantasy 7 the original final fantasy 8 final fantasy 9 even x i liked it when they were turn-based and so Final Fantasy VII, the remake, it's it looks beautiful. I mean, it is gorgeous because we all remember what Final Fantasy VII looked like on PlayStation. It was like a bunch of cube people walking around. It's just, it's so blocky and outdated. So I love the way the remake looks and it's just gorgeous on PS5. It was even great on PS4. But man, I miss the turn-based mechanics. And so I really wish there was a combination of beautiful PS5 gameplay, but strategic turn-based gameplay and i i get it like audiences now yeah. just aren't into that i i totally get that that's not some people's attention span but you know i was a kid i was seven years old or whatever when i found this game like i've most of my life 
am used to Final Fantasy games like this, so I really love it. And this is just making me fall in love with the genre all over again. And I'm so excited to to get through this and beat it because, like I said, I don't think I had ever gotten this far before. So I'm going to hopefully, before the next episode, we'll have beaten this one and maybe I'll have moved on to the second. What would you call the combat in the final fantasy 7 remake because if i rem- it, it was kind of it's a hybrid but it was in, it's different it's in like it's real time yeah it's a new system they actually they called it something specific but it's it's mm. unique because you can yeah. your real-time combat it's like a pause it's it's the one thing it's like how final fantasy has evolved and other i think the Tales series has something similar to this now as well where you can kind of stop in the middle of it and issue commands and then let them execute. Um, even in Final Fantasy 15, there's an option to turn on this thing called wait mode. There's like a whole node of upgrades you can do for wait mode to like enhance and make it more like a turn-based game. Well, that's cool. Even though it's default is action. Yeah. I'm with you though. Like, I mean, I'm, I love both, but I love turn-based more. I will always gravitate toward that. It's probably because that's what we grew up with, Kevin. Yep. And, and I, I think that that's awesome. I've wanted to go through those games too. I'm waiting for console. I've almost bought them on Steam so many times. Obviously, you have the perfect way to play them now on the Steam Deck. Um, but oh, I'm yeah. going to wait. I'm hoping they come so I can do the same. I want to go through all six of them just like you are. It's great to hear that they're holding up. I, I did have a couple quick questions. One is, from a story standpoint, is is it linear? Or can you approach these crystals in different orders? I don't think you can approach them different orders because there are, to get to each of the different dungeons, let's call them, is really what they are, but uh, whether it be a cave or underground or whatnot, you have to use different modes of travel. So you have to get uh, you have to get the ship to go to your first area. Then you have to get a canoe to go within little lakes in a different area. And then once you get that object, you have to go and get an airship so you can fly to a different continent. And then you have to go on from there. So it is linear. I, the another reason why I spent 20 hours playing it so far and only got halfway through, I do like to level the characters up, but I was also kind of confused because I didn't remember how to do certain things and I missed certain things. Kind of like actually my inscription discussion from last week. I just, overlooked something or didn't remember something that a character told you there's very minimal dialogue in this game with the town people walking around and you have to know who to go up to and ask certain things there's this one part of the game where i had flown all around with the airship and i was discovering all these areas and making sure that i got everything you can go into the different uh different little dungeons and there are chests and different rooms where it's it's of course the old school mechanic of what do they call it when it's triggered like triggered events or just random enemy battles so you if you go through a dungeon and you're trying to explore everything you're just going to get in this onslaught of enemies and you better make sure you have enough potions and ether to get your uh, mages or wizards so they're able to cast spells and the deeper you go you, you know you have to be more prepared and of course you could always die in the middle of it and if you haven't saved the game at that point you're screwed I do like in these pixel remasters, they have a quick save function. It's really nice because back in the old game, you had to have a tent or whatever the other camp. uh, I can't remember what else they call it, but you would at least have to have a tent. And if you didn't bring enough tents, you couldn't save enough. But you had to be also out in the, the woods to use a tent. So 
the point is you get into a dungeon you're screwed if you just went on this hour or half hour run and get killed it's like oh you just lost all your progress and hopefully you saved recently this is nice that they you can go to the start menu anytime unlimited quick saves so that's really helpful but uh yeah so anyway i was out exploring and doing all this stuff and gathering you know i wanted the best armor the best weapons high level so i could face all these enemies and and get all the gold and everything and i went to this one town where there are these 12 wizard dudes i don't know what you call them they look like wizards they have beards and they're in robes and they're making this circle and so i'm not a big i think i mentioned it before i'm not a big reader guy like i don't need to talk to everyone and get every little thing they're saying like i want to get through this game i want to keep upgrading my guys so i go around the circle i'm talking to wizard one wizard two wizard three and they're like oh this used to be a whatever you know they're just saying random crap i'm like i don't care just stop talking to me about this random stuff they're not moving the story along they're just giving you a little bit of background so wizard five six seven eight nine ten whatever i'm like okay there's 11 wizards that are all dressed in the same outfit and there's a 12th guy in a different colored outfit clearly the guy in the different colored outfit is the important one to talk to so i do i think i talked to 10 of the wizards then i went to the other colored guy there's a guy sitting next to him but i'm like i don't care about what your uncle used to live in this town and he delivered pies to the neighbors or whatever i don't care don't tell me so i go to the guy in the colored outfit and he doesn't really give me anything. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Thanks for wasting my time, wizards. I go off and explore with my airship. I'm going to the desert. I'm going to the different towns. I'm trying to go to every castle that I've never seen. And I'm going to castles that are clearly, I'm not far enough in the game yet because I can't do anything there. And they're telling me about these other things I just can't get to. I'm exploring around for like an hour or whatever. And I'm like, oh, this is so frustrating. So I go back to the stupid wizard dudes. And I go talk to every one of them. And wouldn't you know it, Wizard 11 gives me the freaking canoe I needed to progress in the game. I'm like, are you kidding me? I talked to Wizards 1 through 10, went to the different colored outfit wizard guy, nothing. Wizard 11 gives me the canoe? Oh, I was so frustrated. That's how the developers ensure that you talk to everybody. I wonder if it's the last one you talk to, like no matter what order. I that would be interesting. I don't think it is because I feel like that's a, a more recent mechanic, not something that yeah. would have been in the first Final Fantasy. That, that's hilarious. that would have been interesting, but I know it, it's obviously only my own fault. But I'm telling you, there's all these people in these towns. There's twelve different people in the town and they just say random bs and i don't want to read it all and i don't remember who i've already talked to and you got to scroll through and you know you can quick go through it but i'm like okay read okay i've heard that person's thing and there's 12 of these these dudes like i they're just spouting off this stuff i don't want to hear and so i was just like screw it i'll talk to the important one nope okay i'm not in the right place i guess i just could not believe that i went off and explored the rest of the map got stuck went back and <laughs> this guy gives me the canoe so then i was able to get to the volcano and be the fire area which is one of the crystals is in there i think that was the second one and then that's how i got the thing for the airship and was able to to go around and do the rest of the stuff that's great anyway yeah it's just one of those stories where i gotta kick myself but but like i said there's so many people in these towns and the only like one person will give you information that you need so in the first area it's a the, the dancing girl they call her and she someone says go talk to the dancing girl okay so you talk to her and she's like here's the thing to help you like those are the hints the only way this game had hints baked into it was to talk to a certain character and that's how you would know what to do next because if you were just roaming around like like you do in tunic with no direction there's there's just no way this this game is very difficult and very simple where 
it's it's hard to pick up on little clues like you kind of have to have a person tell you oh there's a ferry and i saw him at the caravan located in the desert to the west because there's no markings like when i go to find this caravan literally you have to walk into the right triggered area of this place this desert in the west there's not like a tent sticking up there's not a building to go to so i had to know to explore all around the desert and then I randomly stumbled upon the right place. So you talk to these different people and each town has one, but everybody else is like, oh, this used to be such a beautiful town, blah, blah, blah. Oh, this guy used to just, you know what I mean? It's just stuff that it's like, okay, I, I funny. it's great. You know, and so that's where I kind of got sick of it. And I'm like, I want to move on in the game, wizard dudes. And uh, did you yeah, so talk have, to the wizards. Did you have any issues with the text on screen? So one thing I've read, I've done a lot of research on these pistol remasters and the text the way the font is people have complained about. And I actually have a bookmarked page of how to change the font through like a mod or something to get it to be more legible or easy to read. So I just wondered if that was something you experienced at all. Interesting. No, not at, not at all. It is so sharp and clear. And I mentioned before the fidelity of that steam deck screen. Yeah. Right. It's, it's so, it really is crystal clear. And uh, I'm impressed with, even though this game is a pixel type game, the, the way the colors pop out at you and the text is so sharp, like the text looks like, you know, how on your 4k screen, when you're playing a PS5 game, everything is so sharp and crisp. Well, this game is the same way where you've got this old school type of game, but they really have done a great job of making it work on modern screens and and be legible. So I don't know if that's a thing they fixed or whatnot, but it looked great. And the other thing I was going to just mention to you real quick is if you haven't played it yet, or for the listeners, if you're like Kevin, you're like us, you like turn-based, Octopath Traveler is the more recent one that you got to play, period. It's the modern version of this kind of combat, and it is kind of exceptionally well done. But then also this July, so Octopath has sort of launched an entire movement of games that are using a two and a half D kind of format for their graphics. And they're doing another remake of an old school JRPG called live alive, or I think it's live alive and not live a live. So uh, that's coming out in July on Nintendo switch. And I'm actually, I'd never even heard of it until they announced the remake, but I've watched the trailers for it and I'm definitely excited about it. I mean, it's a, old school kind of turn-based unique world Uh, so put that one on your radar both listeners and you kevin if you didn't know about it uh, because that sounds like it'll be kind of up your alley awesome well yeah i gotta get to get to playing because there's six of these old school final fantasy games and oh yeah i mean you don't have to you keep going man as long as you're having i gotta admit i gotta admit i was surprised i i doubted you i will go on record and come clean and i was like in fact, I'll tell you this. We had a, ch- a couple of people in Discord asked on the side, <laughs> do you think Kevin's going to actually beat this game? And the question was asked because you've expressed like you're like me in a lot of ways. You like to balance an experience and try different things. And there, it's a long series. And I said, I don't think so. So I am eating crow because you really did latch on to this in a way that I was surprised because I, I I know for me it'll be hard I'll go to Final Fantasy 1 and I'll be like well, this doesn't feel like Final Fantasy you know 12 or whatever it's old but uh, I've, I'm so happy for you that you love it that much like it's been cool to listen to you talk about it oh thank you yeah no this see to me this is Final Fantasy and that's the difference I I can't do 
I mean, I didn't get into 15. I didn't beat 15. It was fun. I mean, I enjoyed it, but I couldn't really get into it that much. But when I think of Final Fantasy, I grew up on this and I played some of the Super Nintendos. I played as we chatted about, I think, some of the anthologies on PlayStation. They came out with the uh, Japanese five and six collections. And so I've played through all of them in one way or another of this old school 2D style. And that's what I grew up on. That's what I love. And I loved how seven, eight, nine and X, how they updated the graphics, but the mechanics were so similar, but you got these beautiful cutscenes and the story and all that. So when they started to change things to be more action paced, I just, I kind of fell out. So this, I love it. Like I said, I, I'm surprised that I was able to, but the great thing about the Steam Deck, which I'll just keep preaching about, it's such a great piece of hardware, but it's very portable. It's very comfortable to hold. So I'm playing in bed at night, you know, before I go to sleep, instead of just reading or watching something, I'm playing Final Fantasy at night and I'm working it in wherever I can. So it's been really great for me to get the Steam Deck. It's it's something where, like I said the first time we talked about it, I'm not a mobile gamer. I'm not a Switch mobile gamer. My Switch is docked. I just don't play games on the go, but this has been not so much for traveling and that kind of thing. It's more the flexibility of I'm in the room, you know, my son is watching something and I can play Final Fantasy on the couch on my Steam Deck. It's really nice for the flexibility and it's such a great way to play these games. It's perfect. Very cool. Well, it's uh, something I definitely going to have to have my eye on. Come on, console version. Come on. The more people that buy it, the only thing they said about it is the creator came out and said, that if enough people show interest, they would consider bringing it to consoles. I don't know how many people, I mean, it's a, been a big hit as far as I know. It's reviewed very well. So it's so dumb. Like, put them on consoles. Are you, it makes no sense to me. It's just, urgh. They need to just take the Android versions and emulate them or something on the console. Like, it's such a simple game. It's not like a complex 3D game that will take so much reprogramming, you know, because, oh, it won't run right on the processor. It's like, if you can emulate an Android device, obviously the PS4 or Xbox can run an Android emulator, you know? Like, you'd think that they could find some little shortcut to port it over. As much as I dislike the idea of studios getting owned and bought up by Sony and Microsoft left and right, if Sony was to buy Square Enix we would get them on console. I was about, that was going to be my thing, but I knew that I said it last week and I was like, do I repeat myself? It's like, Oh, did you? I, believe I, yeah, I think you yeah, did. We're going to manifest Sony it, buys Square we'll Enix, Yeah, they're, they'll be on the console. <laughs> All right, cool beans. Well, let's get into some of these showcases. There's been a lot of games. I was thinking through like how to talk through these couple of showcases that we got to witness in the last week before, or since the last podcast. So we got PlayStation state of play And then we got today's Summer Game Fest and Day of the Devs focused on indie games and then Devolver Digital's showcase. I know we haven't all watched all of them, but we've definitely seen PlayStation's State of Play and Summer Game Fest. And I think I want to take them one at a time. And we don't have to go through the list of all of the games and talk about all of the games. So what I was thinking is we could kind of maybe just give our impressions of the show overall. I'll read through a list of games that I wrote down that got announced, and then maybe we can each just talk about which ones stood out to us rather than trying to mention every single one in detail because, frankly, I don't want to. I don't care about all of them, <laughs> and no. uh, and I want to talk about the ones that I know we're hyped for. So starting with PlayStation, obviously a big one for the three of us, both because we're big-time Sony fans, 
Um, and then also because we were completely unaware of what was going to come. So it was a, a lot of surprise. Um, we maybe, there were rumors, but we weren't sure what was going to come out. Why is Brad dancing? Because I called what you're about to say. Oh, that's right. You did. Yeah. <laughs> so a list of things that got announced at the PlayStation State of Play, and then we'll let you talk first, Brad, so you can brag, <laughs> Brad. RE4 Remake, as we previously mentioned here on this podcast, got announced. RE4 Remake's coming March 23rd, 2023. So that is my personal target date to finish all of the other Resident Evils, including RE4's recent remaster. I bought that one as well, and I haven't played it since the GameCube. So I'm excited to play it one more time in the old version before I go to the remake when it comes out. Street Fighter VI coming in 2023. The Callisto Protocol got its, I believe, first ever real gameplay shown. It's coming December 6th, 2022. Nice to have an actual game that's coming out this holiday season, since so many of them seem to have moved. Uh, Stray, the game where you play as a cat, and I have some thoughts on that, coming out July 19th, 2022, and also will be free with the higher two tiers of PlayStation Plus. Don't ask me what they're called. I just know that of the three tiers of PlayStation Plus, that two of them, you will get Stray for free on release Extra date. and premium. Oh, thank you. Thank you for doing the homework <laughs> for us. Yeah. I Final just call them <laughs> Plusser and Plusser. <laughs> plus, plusiest, plusest, Plusser, yeah, plus, yeah, yeah. Plus, Plusser, and Plusest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the game of the show, or not game of the show, but the ending show tease there was the first real big gameplay of final fantasy 16 or i should say is more like an it was gameplay but it was a new trailer a much more detailed one and the crazy uh announcement that it's coming summer 2023 but it's already basically done and they're just gonna polish it for a year uh, spider-man remastered is coming to pc on august 12th 2022 so Sony is really getting into bringing their games to PC now. Roller Dome was shown, and this is a new game from the developers of Oli Oli, and it's coming August 16th, 2022. Eternites uh, looks like uh, an, uh, <laughs> it's an anime game. Uh, it's an anime dating sim action game. Uh, and I will just briefly tell you that it is from a dev. I read a tweet from him. He fell in love with the Persona games, he played Persona 4 and Persona or Persona 3 and Persona 4 and immediately after decided to quit his job and start making a game that was like them because he loved them so much. And he started it in 2019 and that is this game. And then a whole bunch of VR announcements. They didn't talk about VR when it was going to come out, the actual PlayStation 2 VR, but they showed Horizon Call of the Mountain, uh, the VR game with that one. They showed RE Village VR stuff. And No Man's Sky was another big one that they showed some VR stuff for. So, Brad, what did you think of the show <laughs> as a whole? Like, what stuck out to you, man? Honestly, without any comparisons of the, what the previous years were, I don't recall specifically what were in the other uh, state of plays. I thought it was a really good showing, especially to kick off this week of these games, uh, you know, Game Fest and everything that's that's coming. Um, the RE4 remake was rumored for a long time, so I thought this was a good opportunity to show it off. And I was happy to see, surprised to see, actually, they opened with it. That was a huge opener because a lot of people hold Resident Evil 4 in high regard. 
I am not one of those people because that was right out. Resident Evil 3 was the last game I completed, or re- last Resident Evil game I completed before moving on to World of Warcraft around the time that it came out. I was just graduating high school. My dad bought Resident Evil 4. I remember him playing it on the on the GameCube and it just I was never around to to actually embrace it and, and enjoy it. So I've been excited for the alleged remake and now confirmed remake that's coming. So I can actually get into that story because I've tried playing the remaster and the tank controls and everything. I can't go back to that. I, I like how Resident Evil feels now with the remakes and the new game. So very excited for that. The Callisto Protocol I've heard rumblings of and I thought that looked really cool. I'm I'm completely in for another alien looking dead space kind of kind of game uh stray a lot of people are talking about i'm curious to at at least i don't know that it's my kind of game but when you're playing as a cat in this this world of robots and everything i'm interested to see how that how that plays out so that's probably something i will check out and then final fantasy excited to to see what that finally looks like you know in action and as we lead toward the uh to the release date Roller Dome is the game that I thought reminded me of Kevin because of his love for for was it Jet Set Radio? Is that what it was called? Oh, yeah. The one that you gifted me. Just, it, it, I told have you Kevin, played it yet? I, I played 15, 20 minutes, maybe more than that, and it, it just the music was really really cool. Um, and I I think that if I played it at the time that it was big, like when it came out, I would have had the nostalgia and the appreciation for it. I did like the music now, but like the gameplay was just skate here and then skate there and then skate over there and i was just like okay this is this is neat at least the music's good but i i haven't gone back <laughs> but i appreciate you gifting it to me you know it, it's it's neat to go back and see these games that you know that my friends liked and grew up on that i maybe missed out on and maybe i'll pick it back up because i got to a point where it was you know it was kind of opening up i guess the beginning was kind of like a tutorial like learning how to do stuff yeah, and then it you gets get to more the challenging DJ it's yeah so not always the same thing it, it gets yeah. it gets a lot harder <laughs> and there are a lot of different moves and, and areas you have to get to and grind in a certain way and like go like navigate rooftops and things it's really and the, yeah. the music is great it's it's such a fun game but yeah i hope you return to it sometime yeah, I hope so too. And yeah, like I said, Roller Dome reminded me of kind of like at least the animation of it and the and they're on roller skates and everything. I, I told Aaron on the live or on the uh, as we were kind of like live reacting to it. It's like this this looks right up Kevin's alley if 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 Jet Set Radio is his thing. So you um, that, right. that might be interesting. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Eternites. I I just hate saying that. I mean, I love the passion for you know the developer, the story that you told about you know like good for him. I'm glad that he's so in love with. You know, has the passion to create this and do and and make art, but like that name, dude, it is not good. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like saying it, but uh, it it looks, you know, like you said, like Persona, and uh, could be it could be a big hit. I don't know that it's it's my thing, but yeah. And then Horizon Call of the Mountain. I'm I'm hoping it doesn't make me sick. Um, the first person VR games don't, from what my experience, have not uh, boded well uh, with me. But uh, I will, uh, I will absolutely try that out. And Resident Evil Village, if it means uh, the big lady in VR. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you can have that. I'm not. <laughs> I don't know. I was about expecting all that. more of a reaction there, and you left me silent. I, like, uh, oh, <laughs> I, I'm all in on PlayStation VR too. That's I've said that before, but I, I don't know about Resident Evil being one of the things I'm all in on. <laughs> in, I've tried seven. VR. Seven is. I haven't a even trip. played seven because seven. It's going to be the hardest one for me to get through in my replay because I've tried it twice and it is the different kind of survival horror that is. It terrifies me still. Terrifies I've been through. It. I finally yeah. platinumed it, but that setting that 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 bayou setting with these you know crazy people that just Ugh. 
it it was hard for me to get through it the first it was hard for me to get through it the second and third time just because i i did it in bits you know i did it one playthrough then maybe six months later i was like okay let's try the hardest playthrough and so on and, and just jack and all those guys were just so <laughs> scary yeah <laughs> Ultimately, I thought it was a it was a really good thing. I think between the the play state of play recap, or the state of play and the summer game fest, I thought Sony had a really really good showing, and we'll get to the latter part of that here shortly. What do you think, Kevin? I liked it. I thought Sony was really solid. It was uh, I was surprised that it was like game after game after game. I'm, I was pretty interested in all of them. Resident Evil Four, I think, is at the top of my list. Really, it's such a great game, and I'm excited to see that on a next gen system. I don't. I mean it. The last time that it looked really good was like GameCube to me. I I mean, I know they released it on PS4, but it still felt like a GameCube game. It hardly, it didn't feel that updated to me. So I'm excited to see it in an actual next-gen setting remade. And with the success of 2 and 3, I have a lot of confidence in it as Aaron was, you know, just waxing poetically about these remakes are so good. And I hope someday they go back to 1 and remake it because... One is the game that made me fall in love with the series on the original PlayStation. I love the story. I love the spooky mansion and all the puzzles. And the remaster is such crap. I hate, I, I spent 20 bucks on that. I think the day it came out, I'm like, oh yeah, we're going to, I was, and I had played the the remakes and they were so good. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to get this, uh, a, you know, original Resident Evil that I love on next, on a current gen system. And yeah, it it's such a crappy ported in game it just yeah i wish they would spend some care on it so excited to see four get there stray for me is a big one that we're always talking about i mean i'm a cat person like aaron is like i just love the idea of animals and in games and and uh playing as this cat in this world like brad was talking about seems really interesting so i'm excited for that the ps plus thing was a surprise to me i was planning on buying it day one so the fact that i'm gonna get it bundled in with my subscription is great and then roller dome was the other one where i'm like I'm like, hold on, you're rollerblading and you have guns? Okay, I'm in. Uh, that's all that I needed to see. I was like, this is crazy as soon as I started playing. And I almost said something in the chat, but I figured I would save it. But I just saw rollerblades and guns and I thought this looks wild. I like the art style and the animation. So yeah, but everything looked cool. Like Callisto Protocol, which was actually on my list for for Summer Games Fest more so from today. Uh, I'm excited to to check that one out. That definitely gives me those old school uh resident evil dead space type vibe so i'm excited it looks really good and uh yeah i i like i think i think everything looks really cool i i don't know about the vr stuff i never really got into psvr the first time around i got one and ryan ended up playing that one more and i thought it was cool but i wasn't super impressed with it especially with experience with some of the other vr headsets on pc that were better quality and a better experience in my opinion the tracking is better with the different cameras with i have the htc vive so although it is a pain and it's a lot of wiring around the room that it's set up in those cameras for tracking work so well and the headset looked really good and i liked being able to play it with a variety of pc games and um yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see what PSVR 2 does with these games, but I don't really like being tethered to my console like that, so I don't know. We'll have to see how good the games are to see if I actually get into that one. That's fair. It's very fair. Yeah, we, we haven't really had any details on it hardly yet, so that was what we were kind of thinking we might get with this one, but no dice. I loved it. I thought it was a real banger of a show, just completely strong 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 there weren't a ton of games but everything that was there was like hmm that's interesting and it's rare that you get a show 
that's like that. And of course, that plays somewhat into personal taste. It will always will. Uh, for me, obviously, the RE4 remake was enormous. I've spoken now about how that has affected me and kind of dictated my gaming now based on it even. It, it looks unbelievable. I just, just absolutely unbelievable. And I am so, so excited for it. I was hoping for the new FF16 trailer to get that. I was extremely satisfied. I'm over the moon excited for that game knowing that it's coming in the summer of 2023 and that they're basically spending a year getting out of the bugs out and refining it gives me a lot of hope as does just the general creative team behind it. So it looks just bombastic, full of set pieces and cinematic moments. And it's focusing on the summons again, which I think all final fantasy games should focus on the summons. Uh, That's one of the coolest aspects of the entire series. And so Make them big, make them crazy, and let's go. Stray, have been waiting and just anxiously for this forever. Like Kevin said, I've been very excited. I did get to hear a couple of previews on some review podcasts, uh, some folks that got to see the game. They didn't get to play it. And I learned something very interesting. You're not playing the cat in a platformer. And they were very clear to state that. And the developers told them the reasoning was that you could, in a platformer, miss jumps. And, you know, you you have to give the player option and control. And when you do that, things are not going to go the way that you expect. And they really Mm. wanted you. It's a cat sim. It is an adventure game cat sim with some puzzles. So your, your linear storytelling is driving you through this game and you are experiencing it as a cat. So you will always land on your feet. You will do all of the things that cats do. There is a meow button. Okay. There's a meow button. Yes. (laughs) The cat, if it lays down in the lap, it will start purring and the vibrate, the controller will vibrate and purr, uh, which sounds cool. But also I was like, that could be weird. We'll see. But it's it's very much an immersive kind of sim of you being this cat. And I guess you spend a lot of the game with like a little robot friend of some kind that you explore with. And you're kind of trying to figure out what's going on with this cyberpunk type of world, this landscape. So, yeah, I am very, very excited for Stray. Callisto Protocol, th- the more I've seen of it, the less I'm excited for it. And it's not because I am not going to play it. I am going to play it. I love Dead Space, but man, they are leaning hard into the hor- like they are going gory and they're making a big deal about it. They keep talking about it. In fact, they made a point to say that this new Summer Game Fest trailer for it that we saw was extra gory and we're going to show you how, you know, I was listening to a, another review of this one as well, a preview. And one of the things that stuck out to me is a dev had said that they actually studied legitimate like serial killer and some of the most awful versions of murders and deaths that you'd ever seen so that they could get them recreated correctly. One of which being is like if the character gets stuck in a fan, there's a point where like the fan will start up and like cut the character in half, but it doesn't just chop him in half. It like, hits him and cuts in and then hits him and cuts in like a real fan would and like slowly like hits him and hits him and like till the point where it then eventually cuts him in half. 
That's one of the ways you can die. And it's so realistically recreated that I, I'm worried that's going to turn me off because that's not my thing. Not my thing in movies. Yeah, I'm already cringing. Right. Like, that's what I said when I heard it. You're telling me not to crawl through fans when I play this game. Got it. Yeah, ex- okay. avoid fans at all costs. <laughs> so, I mean, we saw some really gross stuff in this second trailer specifically, and I, it's, I'm a little wary. I'm going to wait and see what reviews say on this one because I, I still want to play it, but I just if it, if that stuff is limited to a few experiences throughout the game, it'll be fine. If that's if it's all going to be like that over and over and over, I don't know if it'll be for me. But it looks like the production value looks great. Street Fighter Six is I'm not a fighting game guy at all. I know Teeps has always played this series. He loves it, and he was saying he's not a fan of the new art style. He doesn't like the huge, overly muscled look and the kind of just I don't know, really heavy anime kind of look of the game. I love the look of it. I did see that they are going to give it a story mode like the Nether Realm games have done, where you play through uh, like the Mortal Kombat and the Injustice series. There's an actual sto- narrative that you can play through. That's the only thing I would do. So I may give this a go just because I like doing that in fighting games. I just don't want to fight against other people because I'll get my butt kicked. And then Eternites for me was huge. I I agree with you that the name is awful, but I love Persona. I love the anime neon aesthetic of that game, and it's an action RPG dating sim. I just I'm that's my thing. <laughs> I'm here for it, so I will have my eyes on that one closely. So yeah, I thought it was a fantastic show and a perfect way to kick off the summer, uh, just like you guys did. The Spider-Man coming to PC, by the way, like I'm not even commenting really on that because I don't care. Like I've played it multiple times on. I will not be playing Sony's first party games on PC, period. No, I've yeah, I've got yeah. PS5. I'm playing but them when they come out on PS5. For people who don't, I think it's really cool that they are starting to like allow that to happen, especially with the difficulty of being able to get a PS5 these days. So the more people yeah. that can play their games... The more money they make, the more amazing Sony first-party studio games we get. Right, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, there's a huge market for that because there's still people that are all PC master race and they think consoles are awful, which, I mean, I have a great PC. You know, my graphics card costs more than three PlayStation 5s alone, right? So, like, I'm all into PC gaming. I think it's incredible that you can play games at at, uh, 4K, 120 frames per second, and it's an amazing experience. I love it. But these consoles are so good. PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X are so good, and the hardware is so small and portable, and you can sit on a couch more than sitting at a computer desk. There are so many pros to them, and the graphics difference is so minor. Again, even with, I mean, I've got the beefy hardware set up, but when you're sitting back on a couch, you're not sitting right there next to the TV. You know, like the consoles are so good now that they've come a long way is the point. And so I think it's great for people that if they're not going to try consoles, at least they can play these awesome games. But, you know, I I think that uh, we're at a point now where consoles are so good that the lines are really blurred between console gaming and PC gaming. Agreed. Well, that moves us into Summer Game Fest. I'm going to read a big list of things, and then we'll go in the same order just to keep it uh, the rotation going. And please don't feel obligated to mention all of these games. Just talk about the things that you particularly stood out to you or were interesting. <laughs> I just want to read them out just once for everybody 
that because somebody out there probably loves one of these random things that I don't. And I want to acknowledge that your taste matters too. So we got the show started off with the big leak that happened about an hour before Summer Game Fest went live, which was that The Last of Us Part 1 remake is real. It is going to be PS5 only. It is coming September the 2nd, 2022. And it has been remade from the ground up, meaning it will feature more of the combat mechanics and gameplay style of Tilo 2. Actually, even more enhanced from that, according to Neil Druckmann, he talked during his presentation about AI and new innovations, and it's going to be a fully remade game. Like, they even mentioned that they had old visual footage from the motion capture performances of the characters and that they were able to reintegrate that into their systems and use it and actually get more accurate cinematics and and character movements from that same footage because of the tech and how it has evolved since then. So I'm just saying all that say it is not going to be just another remaster of Last of Us 1 like we had before. It is going to be a new version of telling that story anyway. So there's that, that ended the show. That was the big end of summer game fest. Of course it got leaked beforehand, which was sad. Guile is going to be in street fighter six. They showed that off aliens, dark descent, a new game coming in 2023, starting off a whole slew of like random run of like space sci-fi horror games. There's like a whole bunch of them in a row. Um, We had the first gameplay footage for Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Flashback 2. This is a a game from like 30 years ago, ironically, that I bought for like $1.99 about a month ago on PlayStation Store. I'd never even heard of it. That's the one I told you about, Kevin. I'm so mad I didn't buy it for $2. I did know it when when I saw it. It doesn't (laughs) but I'm so mad. I tried it the other day. Okay. Yeah, I just... Okay, but still, when they announced a sequel to a game 30 years old that people loved, and I go, that's the one Aaron told me to buy for $2, and I didn't get it, and I was kind of frustrated. I thought it was pretty hilarious, too. You actually can play the old one in, like, old school style, or maybe, like, a Mm -hmm. new, modified new style. I tried the old school style, and it was was just not for me. Um, Witchfire, a dark fantasy, uh, first-person shooter, Fort Solis is a sci-fi horror game that is going to have the voice acting talents of Troy Baker and Roger Clark. Roger Clark, if you don't immediately place that name, he played Arthur Morgan in Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, Another one was Routine, sci-fi horror, first-person shooter. Had some robots. Stormgate looked like a sci-fi fantasy horror RTS that is going to be free-to-play and has a 2023 beta coming. Didn't really show any gameplay of that one. Just a cinematic. Seems to be a running theme for a lot of these. A game called High Water was an adventure strategy game. Uh, American Arcadia is an indie game that has somewhat of like a Truman Show concept. There was a, a little bit of a feint, and then they announced Goat Simulator 3, which I'm not sure there's a Goat Simulator 2, but... There's not. We, okay. That makes so that so was much a joke. Better. That makes it yeah. even better. Midnight That's totally Suns them. <laughs> had a presentation there. Again, just cinematic stuff. They weren't showing gameplay for that one. They did announce it is coming October 7th, 2022. Cuphead DLC coming June 30th, 2022. 
Neon White, this really crazy Switch game with it's a wild genre mashup of a whole bunch of random stuff, is coming June 16th, 2022. Midnight Fight Express, August 23rd, 2022. Honkai Star Rail uh, is a new like anime-inspired action-adventure game. Uh, looks to me like I was actually really interested in it, and then I looked it up. It's coming to mobile, so it's going to be kind of a gotcha, free-to-play, Genshin Impact type game. So probably no thanks for me, but anyway, uh, I thought it looked great. One of the biggest games of the show was the TMNT Shredder's Revenge. We knew it was coming. They showed more gameplay, and then the announcements for that were that they're going to have six-player co-op. It's going to have Casey Jones. It is coming June 16th, 2022, and it will be on Game Pass Day 1. So a lot of good news there. One Piece Odyssey was shown off. Again, uh, it's coming in 2022 at some point. A game from Atlas called Soul Hackers 2 is coming August 26th, 2022, a new RPG. They talked about this new Samsung Gaming Hub TV that is being created that is like a built-in streaming game service machine and it's gonna have like functionality for stadia and xbox cloud service and nvidia's cloud service and a whole bunch of other stuff it was really interesting metal hellsinger is like an action rhythm music based game there's a demo available that for that right now uh, is what they said uh, there's a game called nightingale coming I, at this point i stopped writing down what things were because i was getting there was a lot to go over. Uh, Saints Row is getting this random offshoot that you can download separately. Then it's it's Saints Row has a new upcoming game at some point soon. But they had this like side thing called a boss factory, and it's basically you can build your own boss, I guess, for the Saints Row game. And it looks like it's got a, an incredibly robust creativity suite. Really wacky, fits for Saints Row perfectly. Uh, Warhammer 40k Dark Tide looks a lot like all of the first person Warhide, Warhammer uh, fantasy games do. Uh, that one's coming September 13, 2022. The new horror game from Bloober Team that had been rumored to potentially be, maybe be a Silent Hill remake is actually a, re a new version of a game series called Layers of Fears. Never heard of it. No idea. Um, just know that it's a first person horror game coming in early 2023. And one of the other big parts of the Naughty Dog ending cap was that there is a new Naughty Dog live service multiplayer game coming for The Last of Us. It's set in The Last of Us universe. It will have a story to go through, but it will be fully multiplayer and it will be set in San Francisco. And we did not get a date on that. And then I guess we did get a tease that uh, Neil said that they were working on something else, but... He wasn't going to tell us for at least a year. <laughs> so we yeah. don't know what the <laughs> heck that is. Man, there was a lot in those two hours, Brad. What stood out to yeah. you? Uh, well, The Last of Us was another one of my things that I thought was going to be on the Sony state of play. I'm glad they split it up because it, it just, I'm so happy that it's finally confirmed that they're doing that and the way that they're doing it. So that's my biggest takeaway from from the list today. I didn't have time to watch it live. I, of course, I was working, but I, I wasn't even able to listen to it. I had a really busy work day. So I'm still catching up on some of them. Um, I'm always interested in a new Alien game. That looked really cool. Um, I saw some of the clips of the gore in the Callisto uh, protocol and was, as you were talking about some of the ones, I was thinking about some of the clips that I saw today online and was like, man, it's uh, 
it's going to be a brutal game to play. Um, some other ones, Goat Simulator 3 cracked me up when I saw that they were riffing on the Dead Island 2 trailer that they released in 2014. They started it the exact same way of a guy putting in headphones and running down the beach line and uh, playing some good music, not just completely unaware that zombies are attacking everything. And it, it so they recreated it with goats. And I thought that was just a genius thing to do and then call it Goat Simulator 3 when there's not even a second one it, that I thought they had a great showing today. The Ninja Turtle game uh, could be fun. I'd definitely like to check that out. I haven't played a Ninja Turtle game in years, so that kind of excited me. The uh, layer, Layers of fear, uh, Fears, I guess now is what they're calling it. I did play the original one on Steam for quite a bit. I don't know that I ever finished it, but it was very much an atmospheric like walking simulator. I think there's puzzles and stuff. You're this... You're you're like I think an artist with like dementia or something, or you're trying to create your masterpiece, and all these like haunted things are happening in this mansion that you're that you're roaming around in. So I'm interested. I should go back and see if I finish that game. It's been, I mean, I when did I? I probably played that back in 2018 or so. So not too long ago, but far enough back that I don't remember if uh, if I ever finished it. But I do remember the atmosphere of it being being really good so curious to see what that is going to be like um the naughty dog the live service game um yeah neil said that they're looking at announcing more of that in for next year so that's still a ways out but it sounds like the scope of that is even bigger than we expected it to be than the factions was on the original last of us so that the cuphead dlc could be fun i haven't played that in ages so it might bring me back to cuphead but that's all that that uh, really stands out at the moment. I you mentioned the Truman Show experience, uh, the American uh, American Arcadia. Uh, I'm interested in in seeing what that's all about. I I watched a little bit of clip of that just a little bit ago, and it seemed it's like the art style is unique. And if it's a Truman Show concept, um, it's it's got my interest in that regard. So, um, that might be on the list as well. But yeah, overall, um, what I've seen of it uh, so far, I've I, I thought it was a pretty good showing, and interested to see more of it. What about you, Kevin? Yeah, I I enjoyed it. I I one thing that was a little bit disappointing to me was how much of it was cinematics. I when I watch these reveals and trailers and whatnot, I want to see what the gameplay is like. So the cinematics do nothing for me. I don't want to even watch it. I I want to like films i want to watch the story unfold and i want to learn that stuff in the game and also the cinematics don't hardly tell you what a game is going to be like like there was a cinematic for one game that was like uh of course a lot of them are space themed but it looked like a Fortnite cutscene that i'm used to seeing and you know if you watch a Fortnite cutscene, that doesn't even show you what the Fortnite game looks like so i'm watching this thinking what type of game is this and you know that's just frustrating me when they show you so many cinematics so i would say that's the big disappointment i think there were a lot of great games on display and i would have liked to have seen more gameplay from them but uh the last of us part one without a doubt is the biggest takeaway for me i think those games are some of the best games ever made and i think having a seamless playthrough of parts one and two where you aren't feeling like you have to take a step back to enjoy the first story which is such a great story but now that we have the masterpiece that is the last of us two i mean going back and playing some of those other mechanics and then also just the graphics not being as refined takes you out of it a little bit so i think that it's going to be really neat i mean the the comparisons between the two blew me away with how amazing the character models look and how smooth the game looks to run i think it's going to be so neat to experience that first part of the story then put in the second part of the story and feel like you didn't miss a beat 
excited for those refined mechanics and all. So yeah, that one I'm really excited for. Aliens, I wish it was Aliens Isolation 2, which is the best alien game. Uh, this is another one yeah. of those horde horde mode top-down games which i just don't care about as much so i really i love the survival horror aspect of alien isolation so um you know a little bit disappointed that's where they're going with the new alien game um call of duty i'm always up for but it looked like call of duty game so you know if you're into that it looks great uh the american arcadia kind of reminded me of we happy few as well and i love that vibe that it's kind of weird it was for sure yeah, I, I love I love that kind of art style. Uh, what, what do they call it? Like isometric art style? I, I think I'm really into a lot of games. If you notice, there were several that looked like that, and it's a, it's a popular style. I really like it. So they, uh, they got me hooked with that one on the story where it looks all happy and you're in this utopia, but then all of a sudden if someone decides to go off course and not do what, what's part of this, there's a whole town of people trying to hunt, hunt you down, and you have to escape in all these interesting ways. So that looked really cool. Definitely into that type of weird gameplay where things aren't, aren't exactly what they seem. Goat Simulator, I've put a lot of hours into that with my son. We love the Goat Simulator games and all the DLCs. They're hilarious. The sense of humor, the stuff that they parody and satire, and whether it's games or movies, TV shows, and it's so offbeat and strange and wacky. So I love what they did, just echoing what Brad said. It was a really fun reveal for that little trailer. Uh, Cuphead is beautiful. I love the first Cuphead game. I'm a really big animation fan, and I love all the old original Disney animation and the you know merry melodies from the looney tunes and i love all that old classic fleischer stuff so the the art style of cuphead really gets me i think it's incredible it's one of the most amazing artistic accomplishments in gaming how seamlessly the game looks like an old cartoon and you can play it but it never feels like you're breaking that astine, uh, the design aesthetic of an old cartoon it's it's phenomenal i i think it's brilliant what they've accomplished so getting more of that i mean that game is so hard i haven't even beaten the first one i haven't even beaten king dice i love the game but i i did a returnal like brad did the first time he played it where i just i got so frustrated the game's so difficult that i need to return to it but uh, i'm excited to maybe some some levels that i can start off in the dlc and be able to actually beat uh you know just to have some new uh new stories there new new characters uh tmnt is awesome six player co-op that's super cool i'm i'm very excited and the game pass reveal on that i'm like yes i don't have to buy it that's great cancel my pre-order uh so i'm excited that's one of the beauties of game pass when they put games on there that you're actually going to buy anyway save a few bucks and um there was another one midnight fight express that is i think they said it was like one person developing it and it was really impressive looking he, they said he said something he came on and said that i guess a few other people pitched in like i didn't get the whole story from it but it was some single father that it is mainly it sounded like kind of a tunic story where it was like mainly one guy making the game and it looked really slick and really fun and uh, i'm excited for that one that's another game pass um routine was another game pass game so i was like well that looked cool a lot of the ones that i thought looked really cool were going to be on game pass surprisingly so that was a nice surprise and other than that uh metal hellsinger was one i love rhythm games i ever since i played games like res and then i love the uh you know, the prop of the rapper and, and um, jammer Lammy and space channel five. And I love music games. I love those rhythm games, donkey conga, what, you know, any of those type of games. And the fact that 
Metal Hellsinger is a first-person shooter rhythm game, which is so unique. I've never seen anything like that. And you have to actually attack enemies and navigate the levels to the songs. And they're like heavy metal, really cool sounding songs. I downloaded the demo. I unfortunately was too busy to play it, but I've got it on my computer. So I'll have to report in by next week. But I am very excited that it's a rhythm first-person shooter game and uh, i downloaded the saints row build a boss i haven't played that one either but i am excited to check that out uh, and layers of fear was incredible looking it's unreal 5 which if you've seen any stuff from unreal 5 it's amazing what what that engine is doing as far as photorealism and to get i mean when you get survival horror games they've done a great job with these newer games like the resident evil 7 and 8 to where the graphics are good and it's really creepy and especially playing them vr i like games like outlast all those games are really cool and are very realistic these days but when you can up the photorealism and feel like you're even more playing in in real life, like you're a part of the story. I think that just uh, is, it it heightens the experience. So the fact that that game looked so photorealistic, I think is going to be really neat to play. So I am excited for that one as well. Yeah, I think that that one's intriguing as well. I think that pretty much any horror game, I am going to want to at least give a look in some capacity, which is weird because I'm not like that with horror movies, but... The games. This one gives a, an old school Silent Hill kind of vibe to it. Uh, old school, like kind of you're you're really. It feels a lot like the PT type of experience where you're just walking through the house and you really didn't see any sort of monsters or things that were coming to eat you. Uh, if I recall, it was it was like an aesthetic type of trailer. Yeah, PT was so good. I'm I'm so mad that I deleted that from my PlayStation because I know uh, you can't can't re-download it, and it was so good. And I needed to free up space for my hard drive, not knowing it would get pulled, and then it did. And I'm like, oh, it's in my library, but I can't get it. So yeah, it was frustrating. And and the fact that they scrapped that idea of, um, you know, a new Silent Hill game. I don't know. It's it's just all sounded so awesome. So that just kind of opens up old wounds for me. (laughs) Yeah. So hopefully this will maybe fill some of that with whatever new thing that Kojima has coming as well that's been yeah leaked leaked a little bit. Uh, for me, obviously, same as you guys with The Last of Us Part 1 remake, I echo agree everything you said. It I actually kind of was a little upset and kind of snarkily responding to people on Twitter who were saying, this is so dumb and unnecessary. And no, you know, like I said at the top of this, this segment, it, it is an incredibly, entirely new game. It is not the same thing. Yes, we have a Last of Us 1 remastered version. Maybe the graphics aren't the biggest step forward, but it's not about that. It's about building it from the ground up. It's not just making the game a little bit prettier. It is going to be an entirely different experience. And like you said, Kevin, being able to play them back to back and not have any semblance of difference in the feel of the two games. I am so excited because the last of us is my favorite narrative driven game of all time. And it's hard to go back to still because of it's way more clunky than you may remember. And it's going to be such an amazing experience to go through the, that series. And I think we're probably going to commit to doing that. I would assume as soon as it comes out, I think we should just all three, go through and replay them both. We'll do at least two episodes on the, the two, two games, if not more. Um, we'll just ignite our last of us fandom for a month and 
go ham on it. Uh, the multiplayer one, I'm not a multiplayer guy, but it's The Last of Us. And I, as I said <laughs> earlier, it's in my holy grail of series that I'm going to do anything that comes out. And so hearing that it has a story to play through really got me excited. It's not just a multiplayer mode. There's something that you're going to be driving to learning and uh, experiencing. So that has me uh, definitely excited. Overall, I would say my thoughts on this show were kind of meh. There was a whole bunch of stuff that I thought looked okay and very much sort of interested in most of the sci-fi games, Fort Solus, Routine, even Aliens. I never finished Alien Isolation, but some of those things, I'll, I'll keep an eye on them, but there were very few wow moments for me. Part of that is a lot of these games were cinematics. Uh, a lot, Anything that doesn't show me gameplay, it's hard for me to get excited about anymore because I just don't know what I'm going to be getting. And the one that really blew me away the most, I think, that was not Naughty Dog, was Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. I, I talked about Modern Warfare and my playthrough of that on the podcast. And this does look incredible, but there was a, an element of this that was just kind of special because as a person who's been in the Navy, who has been stationed on a small boat unit, who actually defended oil rigs in the Middle East, this was really hitting home for me to watch this small boat boarding of an oil rig and then to see them going through it and then having to go and chase down a container ship and get on it and like gunfight their way to the bridge of the ship. There's just something about like that mission that they showed. It wasn't necessarily wowing me in terms of like, Oh, there's this huge jump in tech or gameplay. Cause there's not, but I loved, loved, loved that first rebooted modern warfare so much from a story perspective that I, I am so excited to get more of that. Like you guys, American Arcadia stood out to me. Such a cool, unique idea to have you be this character in a reality show that is trying to escape <laughs> and the game is like, the world is trying to like keep you from it. Goat Simulator 3 is so stupid. It was a great trailer. <laughs> My kids have played more of that than I can tell and have wasted much of my time having to watch it. So I don't play that game, but I've watched it played a lot and I'm sure I will have to watch a lot of this one as well. The Cuphead DLC looks really cool. So I've never played Cuphead, largely because people told me it was hard. Yep. I might have to check it out because I'm like you, Kevin. I love animation and man, I love the aesthetic of that game. I just was worried that kind of like Metroid Dread, like it just was not going to be easy enough for me. But you said you've played it and you loved it. And so I'm going to assume that it's maybe not on the hardest, hardest end of the spectrum. And it's worth checking out because this DLC looks so good to me. Yeah, you should play it for sure. And it is it is hard. I don't think it's impossible hard. I just got frustrated and decided to move on to other things at some point. I, I love it so much, though. It's absolutely an incredible experience. And it's so fun and so satisfying, like with these other games you guys mentioned. When you finally do beat the level in Cuphead because it's so challenging, it's a great feeling. And it's so pretty to look at it's it's there's no other game that's replicated animation in the same way it, like hand-drawn animation in a game it's so neat that yeah I, I think you'll love it and I, it is super fun and i'm excited to return to it it just seeing these new levels in the dlc i'm like okay i really loved this game i need to play this again cool well i will give it a go then 
uh, and let you know how that goes. I thought the Samsung TV thing was really interesting. Definitely not something for me. I'm never going to be someone who wants to stream games. I don't care how good the tech gets. I don't believe it. Uh, I've, you know, I was a day one adopter of Stadia, and that's probably the best it's ever been. Uh, Stadia is. It's not a terrible service. It's, it's not. It's not local. Period. It's just not. And I guess I'm privileged, and I don't need to worry about that because I can generally afford what I need to play at home. And so I understand the value of it for folks. I think it's great that tech is progressing to that point, but not for me. And TMNT Shredder's Revenge looks awesome. Definitely will play it. Six player co-op thing is really unique and interesting because most games don't even have co-op anymore. It feels like, but to have six, that's a very not, not a normal number. Um, so come join the discord, the links in the show notes there. I, we could get a group together and go, nuts in this game i think that would be a lot of fun i think it's going to be really really good game one piece odyssey is another jrpg from bandai namco i love the look of it i actually started watching this anime one piece because of the first time that they showed this game about a month ago the anime has like i don't know 700 episodes i got you know 15 or so in and that's what I was going to ask how many of <laughs> I will the eventually, episodes have you watched? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I will. I loved it. I really did. It's about a pirate. It's got a pirate theme and I, I think it's great and I'm still interested in the game, but I, it's not going to be like a, a no brainer for me. And yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's really it for big highlights for me. Like I said, some of them were interesting and I just overall my feelings on the show were I think a little bit soured by things like a five minute segment of the rock pitching his energy drink and oh. his movie and his gym <laughs> and having nothing to do with gaming. And it was just a commercial. Other... Like the way they tried to tie it into gaming was, Oh, I voiced a character in Fortnite. Like, no, this was, there was a commercial. It had nothing to do for the gamers. And there were other ads in there too. And I, I understand that that pays the bills for Jeff's show, but I've gotten to a point where I, I really think that this event is a way for Jeff Keeley to promote himself. Just like the video game awards, I feel like we have reached a point where he really is making it about himself. He is the sole presenter. He is the sole person that you see on stage. He will, in every single, or at least every other announcement of a game, he will be sure to tell you, like I t announced back yeah, last year, like I announced at the Video Game Awards, this is the first time you will ever be seeing this five-second clip added on to a trailer you saw last month. This is a world premiere. This is a world premiere. And I think that, I, I honestly, it, it is rubbing me the wrong way because it, fe it feels so egotistical. Like, you're making, he tries to, and he does this at the Video Game Awards too. He, the world premiere crap, he tries to make everything such a big deal and he tries to take credit for everything that is a reveal of any kind in a way that it ultimately gets watered down because some of this stuff, guys, if this was normal E3, like these games don't need this type of stage and they don't need these kind of announcements, right? They're not things that are a big, like we don't, we're not going to praise you for having this announcement for this certain thing. And so I think he's gotten to the point where I really wish he would step back, create a team around this and, I love what he's done for the industry, and I think that those two events are important, but I think that they need to be looked at how they are presented, I guess I should say. 
Uh, otherwise, I know Day of the Devs. I watched some of it. There were some good indie games. We don't really have time to go through those, but go watch that presentation. I highly recommend it. It's got great indies, uh, as well as the Devolver presentation. They always do some funny, like, skit, and this one was absolutely hilarious. I was dying the entire time, and then they mix in their game announcements and trailers throughout. Two that stood out to me, one was called The Plucky Squire, just because it had this incredibly wild animated sequence and transition of different types of animations. It looks like it might be a sort of a kind of adventure game top down, like a Death Store or Link's Awakening style, which I love. And then The Cult of the Lamb, not a game for me, but I think it's the game of the, their show. It's the game that people have been talking about for several months now. It is being touted as potentially the next great roguelike, like Hades, like dead cells etc it's coming august 11th 2022 again i don't personally like like the story of this one and i'm not sure that it's quite the aesthetic i want but it does look to be a very high quality yeah that was one of the ones that stood out to me on the indie showcase a couple weeks ago for nintendo i i thought it looked interesting and it it seemed to have this kind of i I don't know feel about it that like it was going to be big I, I guess I, I don't remember how much time they spent on it, but I was like, oh, this game looks like something that's that's going to hit. And then when I saw it today on the Devolver showcase as well, I was like, OK, yeah, they're they're pushing this game. And again, I or like you, I don't know that it's necessarily for me, but I'm at least at the very least interested in checking it out. Sounds good. Well, if you do, please let me know how it is and I will take your word and decide whether or not <laughs> it is for me. Or maybe it'll be on Game Pass like so many things and I'll just get to try it and not have yeah. to worry about it. It's the best. Well, that's coming up next. Next week will be Xbox and Bethesda Showcase, and then an additional follow-on where they do some more deep dives into the things that they talk about. So we'll be excited to see what they have to offer. But thank you guys for listening. As always, if you like what you hear on the podcast, do us a solid and subscribe to the show so that you don't miss any episodes. Tell your friends that are gamers about it. Share the show all over your social media channels so that people can discover us as well. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on our social channels like at the games we love on Twitter. Join the Discord, all that good stuff. There's links to it in the show notes. We would love to have the opportunity to chat with you, get to know you, talk games with you throughout the week. Thanks for listening. This is for you. We'll be back soon. But until then, do what we do. Get out there and fall in love with you.